Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. You can be seated. And thank you so much, everyone. I love the worship here. Love when we come together. You know, we may not have, um, you know, I might not have fog machines and fancy lights here, you know, and uh, some things other places have, but the Spirit of God is here. You know why? Because you open up your heart and you worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And so all I, that's all I need. I don't need a bunch of other stuff, uh, you know. If you're looking for that, well, you won't find that here. But this is the light in Kent. And what you will find is friendly people. You'll find some people that love one another and they'll love you. So this is uh, We're the Light in Kent. My name's Larry Knoll. We are just off the campus of Kent State University. We would love to have you come by and join us. So if you're watching through our streaming, listening through podcasts, we, we want to welcome you and thank you for being here with us. But we'd love to meet you too because um, you know some great things happen here in this uh, church, this body of believers. You know, we're doing a series. We started a couple weeks ago, kind of preliminary getting our minds thinking about praying, about developing a prayer life or having a life of prayer, okay? And there's a big difference between, you know, praying every now and then and developing a life of prayer. And we talked about that. So this is a seven-week series based on the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to kind of go through a step at a time of that prayer This is a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And we're going to take each part of that prayer and its concerns. uh, And we're going to look at the principles that are down deep in this. Okay, there's some interesting things that we're going to find as we go along that I think are going to draw you your interest into this prayer. If it's not a part of your uh, life, not a part of your prayer life, well, I can understand that because a lot of people, they feel kind of paralyzed when it comes to prayer, especially young people, because it's kind of it's kind of different. It's kind of strange, you know, but this prayer, you see, is a beginner's prayer. It's a perfect place to begin. It's a template and it doesn't mean you have to say the exact words, although you can. But it's a way to deepen your prayer life if you understand it. And that's what we want to do is look at each part of this prayer, understand it better, and then it'll help our own prayer life. So here's the thing. Jesus taught us to pray, and he started off with what? Our Father. That's right. Our Father in heaven. So that was the first thing he taught us to pray. That's the first phrase of the Lord's Prayer. And we need to understand this phrase, our Father, which art in heaven. We need to understand that in order to launch out into the rest of the prayer. Because this is the basis that we come to our Father in heaven, to God. And it's pretty exciting when you 
look into this like we're going to do today. I'm really excited to bring this to you, okay? So you know, and I know, that when we come to know Jesus, that's an adoption, isn't it? God has adopted us into his family, not because of good things that we've done, and there's some good things I've done, and there's some bad things I've done, okay? And I think that you could say the same for yourself. But it's not because of our good works, but because of the righteousness and faithfulness of who? Jesus Christ. That's right. Because of the righteousness of Christ, I can be adopted into God's family. So the title of the message today is Our Father. And we're going to look at that relationship today. Because God is our Father, we can have absolute total ultimate confidence that when we ask God ask God for anything in the name of Jesus he hears and he answers our prayer so we can come boldly before the throne so our first week we started talking about prayer was the power of prayer how many believe there's power in prayer okay very good we found out that there's prayer can change circumstances prayer can change people Prayer can even change the course of history. And that's in the Word. We pulled all that out of the Word of God to to examine that again. Here's the thing. In theory, you believe that, that there's power in prayer. And I believe that in theory. But do we believe it in practice? Do we really believe there's power in prayer in practice? Because if we did, we would go to the most powerful weapon that exists in our life first for everything. And a lot of times we say, well, I guess all I can do now is pray. Did you catch that? The timeline? That means I've tried everything else. I guess now I'll try prayer. And if we thought it was the most powerful weapon, then we would probably use that first. So that tells you something about the way we think, you and I, okay? We do this. And I'll tell you, who else knows the power of prayer? Do you know who else knows it? Satan knows the power of prayer. John Kilpatrick, pastor of Brownsville Assembly, says, the adversary trembles every time he overhears a blood-washed saint make a commitment to pray. We may be blind to the truth, but the devil is not. He knows the real power of prayer in the life of a submitted saint. He fears the fires ignited by spirit-led intercession. So just us doing this together, those of us who are committing to pray three times a day, if you will, for those who are doing that, those who are committed to it, who are trying it, it has Satan on the run, I'm just going to tell you. He is not happy about this. And I'm glad whenever Satan's not happy, I'm happy, okay? Because that means I'm obeying God and I'm, come against, I'm coming against the forces of darkness. So when Jesus spoke to the multitude at the Sermon on the Mount, he repeated a teaching on prayer that he had already given to his disciples. Remember that? When he was sitting around and he said, guys, this is how I want, you know, they're like, Jesus, teach us how to pray like you prayed. So he did this then, he taught them personally, but he also retaught this at the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to find that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. So I'm just going to read through this today. 
Jesus said, and when thou prayest, now I'm reading from the King James today because it's kind of hard to do the Lord's Prayer for me in anything but King James because that's how I learned it. So I was like, we'll just stay in King James. We'll have all the these and the thous and verilies and all that today, okay? And it'll be, uh, it'll be a little different. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, and here we go, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And the last verse says, For if ye forgive men their trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So this is what's become known as the Lord's Prayer, that part right there that we just read towards the end. And I'm going to say this. This may just contain the most recited words in human history. Of all the speeches ever made, of all the quotes that have ever been repeated by people, I think the Lord's Prayer has probably been said more than anything that I know of, okay? Even more than words to Happy Birthday song, all right? <laughs> so I think we, we could probably agree that this is one of the most known, widely known things in, in the world. Even people who don't claim to be Christians, they've heard this, okay? And they're familiar with it. And I'll tell you, whether it's recited multiple times a day at a monastery or in a locker room, have you ever seen those movies where they did the Lord's Prayer after the coach cussed at them and, and did all this stuff to get them motivated, then they bowed down and did the Lord's Prayer? And I always thought that was kind of funny, okay? But Tim Keller, author Tim Keller, says that these words have been said so much that they become familiar to the point of being meaningless. We just say it, and we don't even think about what we're saying. So I'll tell you a story of, of my cousin who lived, his name's Rick, and some of you know him. And Rick used to live, his family used to live over by the airport on the west side of Cleveland. Now, when I say they lived over by, guys, it was at the end of the runway. It was. If you're familiar with the airport, there used to be a big brown derby restaurant right there, okay, at the end of the runway where the planes come in to land. And we used to sit 
where the Brown Derby is now, that used to be nothing but a field. And as a kid, sometimes just for entertainment, my dad would take us and sit there in this field. And I mean, you could see the landing gear coming down and you could see people's faces in the plains. It was so close and it was exciting. You said, but my cousin lived just behind that field in a little housing development. All right. With tiny little houses on this little street. And I would go over there. And it would scare the daylights out of me because you're not expecting it. All of a sudden, this big jet would come in. And I mean, you couldn't hear yourself think. You couldn't hear what people were saying. And I mean, it was just like, oh, how do you live with this? And they acted like they didn't even hear it. It didn't do anything to them. It didn't startle them. It didn't stop them from talking. It didn't stop them from doing anything in their lives. They had become so used to it, it didn't mean anything in their life. And I'll tell you what, there is, we live in this world, all right, where things like that we get used to. We get used to the noise. We get used to the, we have gotten used to, I believe, the words of God, the words of Jesus, rather, when it comes to the Lord's Prayer in the same way. We've heard it so often, it's become a part of our culture to the point that it doesn't impact us, it doesn't do anything. We hardly notice if it is said. And we have to remember, this was the words of Jesus. He said these things. We're going to say that. So we have this world that's constantly trying to connect with the divine. Have you noticed that? There's so many ways people are trying to connect with the supernatural, let's say, maybe not the divine. But they're trying, they realize that in this mortal life, there is the immortal. And so rather than just follow the way to the cross, they're looking for ways in their, their own design to try to connect with the divine. And we have God's answer right here in the Lord's Prayer. How to connect with God is right here in the Lord's Prayer. But it's become so familiar, it's like living right next to the airport. You don't even hear that big old airplane landing anymore. So familiar, we dangerously forget how powerful a spiritual tool this prayer that's been given to us is. So you, when I said I was going to do a thing on the Lord's Prayer, you probably went, yawn. I know that. Why is he doing that? Because I don't think that we realize what a powerful tool that we have right there. That When Jesus says something, guys, it's not just to, you know, to be heard. It's something very important for our lives. And so verse 9 says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. The first line of this prayer is known as the address. So when you... If you're having a formal conversation with somebody, you address them. Well, Miss Sherry, let me ask you a question. You see, I've addressed her. I've said her name, and that's simply what we, we do right there. And I'm rec you know, getting her attention and recognizing who I'm talking to. And that's what this first line of the prayer is. But I want you to know that when we say... 
Our Father in heaven, this is not a request. It's not a petition right here. You know what it is? It's just an acknowledgement of a fact. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm just stating something. You are our Father in heaven. That's who you are. And see, many scripture passages throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament, you'll see that they referred to God in so many ways. I was looking through some of them. El Shaddai, the Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High. Adonai, Master. Jehovah Nisi, Banner. Reha, Shepherd. Rapha, Healer. Sitkanu, Righteousness. Mahokadisham, Sanctifier. El Olam, the Everlasting. Jehovah Jireh, provider, Jehovah Shalom, peace, and Adonai, Yahweh, or I am. These are ways that the Jews, through centuries, had referred to God. This is how they referred to him, okay? But nobody ever used the word Father. Do you know that? Until Jesus said this, no Jew ever started a prayer saying, Father, in heaven it could be any of those other things but they never used that phrase father in heaven and he was the king of the world they were his servants not children of the most high they were the servants of god the faithful servants of god oh king of the world oh almighty you know our provider our banner our healer we need you, but not our father. There was not that intimacy. They did not address him as father, but as Adonai, I am. So up until Jesus, did you know that this was an unheard of way to address God? So when Jesus started off a prayer and said, our father, they went, what? That's different. <laughs> That's totally different. John Calvin wrote that to open the prayer with our father was the same as saying in Jesus' name. It was. I was like, that's interesting. Why would you say that? Well, I was Timothy Keller, you probably heard of him. He wrote, who would break forth into such rashness as to claim for himself the honor of a son of God unless we had been adopted as children of grace in Christ? So Jesus... Being the son of God, he had every right to call God his father, didn't he? And we have every right. We can be bold in that same way because we are children of God through Christ Jesus. So we can say the very same thing, and this is why Jesus encouraged them to do that. Galatians 3, 26 and 27 says this, For ye are all children of God, how? By faith in Christ Jesus. So we have a spiritual father for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So because we are children of God and we have put on Christ, we are God's children because of Jesus Christ. It's just almost like circular there because of Jesus. We're his children. All right. So the only way that we can address God then as our father is if we are in Christ. How many are in Christ today? Do you know this? Do you know for sure you're in Christ? Only through the cross of Jesus, only through the sacrifice 
of Jesus, can we, become, can we come to God and address him as our Father? Have you ever prayed for something really important? Yeah, I have, haven't you? You need this. I mean, God, I need you to really hear me now, okay? This is, if this doesn't happen, we got big problems. And you did, how many prayed a prayer like that and you didn't get the answer you wanted? Anybody here like me? I'm raising my hand. Did you, did you, did you ever get, okay? Have you ever said something to God, something like this? I've been faithful. I don't understand this. I've served you. I've given to you. I've tied every dollar I made. I prayed three times a day. I volunteered to help others. I've used my vacation time for mission trips. I've worked in the nursery for heaven's sakes and changed poopy diapers. I've been in the junior high boys class as a teacher. What more do you want? And yet you don't answer my prayer. What do I need to do? I don't get it. Woe is me. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Oh, I have. I was reminding God how good I was. You see, I wasn't praying in Jesus' name. I was praying in Larry's name. Because of what I've done, I deserve to have my prayer answered. I was reminding God of what I did. But when we pray, we don't have to remind God of us and what we've done. We just have to remind him of what Jesus, his son, has done. You see there? I just need to remind God, hey, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I'm your child. Timothy Keller, he also writes, but Jesus Christ has great claims on God. And we should go to God in our prayers, not on the ground of any goodness in ourselves, but on the ground of Jesus Christ's claims. We can go to God with confidence because I stand on pretty shaky ground with God when it comes to my works, I got some good ones and I got a bunch of not so good ones. So if I got to go to God based on me, I don't know that I want to go to him sometimes because I'm not feeling so swift about myself. You know why? Because Satan reminds me and I remind me what a failure I am. How I've blown it so many times. I got I got I got help. If I can't think of it, Satan will help me think of it. He'll bring that back up. But I can look past that and say, you know what, God, I know I'm no good, but Jesus Christ has done it all. He's paid the price. And because of that, I'm your child. I know you will hear me. See, this establishes our right to be heard. You understand now why our father was so incredibly significant? We just say it. We are so used to it. We don't understand what power there was in that statement at that time. I'm not coming to you, God, based on my personal righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So that's the confidence. Not in me, because Lord knows I don't deserve it, but I come in Jesus' name. And see, Jesus was also using an intimate title when he said, Father. 
And a lot of you know this already, but for those of you who don't, this word that he used here, and what father, it was Abba. Okay, have you ever heard that besides the uh, group, the rock group Abba? Okay, Abba is an Aramaic word for father, right? Yeah, you know that, don't you, Sophia? That's an that's a intimate word, like daddy. It's very, yeah. And it's used three times in the New Testament. Did you know that? That word daddy, or Abba, is used three times in the New Testament. In Mark 14, Jesus uses it while he's praying in Gethsemane. In Galatians 4, he used, it's used when talking about being adopted into God's family, so Paul uses it. But it's also used in Romans. Romans 8, 14 says, and this is the third mention. I said there's three. This is the third one. Paul says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, say it, Abba, Father. Wait, Abba and Father? Abba and Father. Why? Because it's being emphasized. It, Paul is emphasizing this word by using two different languages. He's using the Aramaic Abba and he's using the Hebrew word. So it was like saying Abba, Daddy. He's saying we have this intimacy, okay? We are sons of God. And we don't have to be afraid Okay, because we have received the spirit of adoption. Oh, it's so wonderful, isn't it? Ben Myers, in a book called The Apostles' Creed, he writes this, By the Spirit we are immersed into the life of Jesus so that we come to share in His position before God. We speak to God and God listens to us as if we were Jesus. Jesus is God's child by nature, and we become God's child by grace. Jesus is born of God. We are adopted by God. <laughs> Isn't that great? Jesus is God's child by nature, and we become God's child by grace. Jesus is born of God, and we're adopted by our Heavenly Father. So why does God listen to us, though? You ever wonder about that? Why I'm this little tiny speck somewhere in the universe that he is in charge of. Why does God listen to us? Well, let's rewind to the book of Genesis real quick. Adam and Eve mess up. They sin. They get kicked out of the garden, okay? This is where they walked with God, remember, in the cool of the day? They had this close fellowship, this intimacy with God. So after that, God proclaimed something. After Adam and Eve mess up and they're thrown out of the garden, God promises to make humans his children again someday. See, at that point, sin separated us from God. That relationship that was in the garden was messed up. By sin. And God said, one day I will make humans my children again. He proclaims that. 
So he calls the nation of Israel my firstborn son in Exodus chapter 4. He refers to them his firstborn sons. All right? And he names kings of Israel his sons. Remember David and Solomon? He names those his sons. But Israel's history and the actions of its kings shows that they failed to trust God. Both Israel and the kings let God down, and they failed to act like sons of God. So God doesn't give up on us humans, aren't you glad? He continues his plan to make humans his children again. And at the baptism of Jesus, this was a quick review through the Bible, wasn't it? Luke chapter 3 says this, And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and thee I am well pleased. He finally gets a son that will trust him and bring glory to him. Graham Goldsworthy says this. He says, finally and at last is a true son, one who can and will perfectly trust, obey, and please his father. Isn't that wonderful? We see this master plan, how God loved us humans. He created us. He wanted close fellowship. He wanted to be our father. He wanted that kind of relationship from day one. And we were not capable of it because we gave in to sin. And God has never given up. And finally, he sent, he came himself in the form of a baby and grew up to be a man who gave his life on the cross for us. And we're going to celebrate that. We're going to remember what Jesus has done for us in a moment we're going to take communion together and we'll let the uh, we'll continue to stream so if you want to join us if you're watching you can do that you can grab whatever you have in the house that will suffice for uh, the blood and body of Christ when we pray over it it's certainly going to sanctify it so you go ahead and prepare that aren't you glad though is anybody here today glad for the work of Jesus Christ? Without Jesus, we're lost, guys. We can't be God's children. There is no other way. God didn't have any other way to him to have this kind of relationship. And I feel so bad for those who can't see this yet, that God truly loves them. And he not only loves them, he doesn't want to hurt them. He wants to save them. Why? Because he wants a relationship. He wants them to be their, his sons and daughters. And the same Holy Spirit that we just read about that descended on him dwells within us as followers of Christ. So my question is, can you call him your father? Can you call God your father today? Have you received the free gift of salvation? Have you become one of his children through Jesus Christ? I'm just going to tell you, there is no other way except through 
Jesus Christ. The only thing that stands between us and God is our sin. That's it. That's what started the whole business in Genesis was sin. And because of that, we're born into sin. And we, at some point, we have to admit we are sinners. When we come to God, we have to admit we are sinners. And we have to believe on Jesus Christ that he is our Savior. And we must confess our sin. We have to turn away from our sin. The Bible says all who believe in the name of Jesus Christ will be saved. The Bible says that there's no other name by which we can be saved except through Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you. We're going to have communion in a moment. But I want to invite you to examine yourself today. Christians, those who are followers of Christ, I want you to look at yourself today. I want, I'm going to be looking at myself Allow the Holy Spirit to speak. You know, we want to be transparent before the Lord in heaven, before our Father in heaven, don't we? Why? Because we, we need everything to be in the open with him. No secrets, no lies, no fooling ourselves, because you're not going to fool him anyhow, and you can't fool yourself. But we need to come, and here's what happens. When we say, God, just, you know, Holy Spirit, examine, examine my heart. There's going to be some things that are not the way that God wants them in your life because he's trying to make you more like him. Would you surrender that to him today before we go and partake of communion? Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's bitterness. I don't know. Maybe it's anger over something. Maybe it's a secret sin that you have. Maybe it's something, a lie that you told something that was dishonest. I don't know. These things happen, though. These are bad decisions that we make in our life. God doesn't throw you out of his family, but he expects us, to, as we're remembering what Jesus Christ has done, to come before him and confess these things and come clean. So let's take time to do that as Don and Nancy are preparing to pass out the elements for communion. And if today you have not said yes to Jesus, if you have not made him your Savior, if you have not confessed him as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to do that. Whether you're in the house here or you're watching through our video streaming, it doesn't matter. I believe that this is the day of salvation, that this is the day that God plan for you to say yes to him. And I'm asking you to do that. Would you say yes to God? Would you confess to him that you need him? This is the day. Not tomorrow. Don't wait another moment. God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. Father God, I just pray now for all those who are contemplating their eternal life. God, that you would touch them and speak to their hearts, reveal to them your love, your vast love, your incredible love, that you would just let them know this is what they've been looking for. This is what they need in their life. They need you. God, I pray, 
reveal to them your incredible, powerful love. And God, as we gather together, we contemplate, as followers of Christ, contemplate our own lives that are not perfect, that are riddled with all kinds of things that we do and say wrong. God, that you would help us to be honest with you, confess these things to you right now, examine ourselves. Your word said if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We count on that. We believe in that. We thank you, Lord, for your work, your incredible supernatural work in our life. We can't explain it. We really, we try. We try to understand your love, your work in us, but we know something. We're different. We know something. We're not the same person we used to be before we came to you, God. So we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory for Jesus Christ, how he has changed us, how your Holy Spirit has come into us and made us new creatures, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the book of Matthew, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Just peel that top cellophane off very slowly if you're here. We have these little ready-made. Let's partake of the bread together. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. Thank you for the stripes that you took, the beating that you took on our behalf to bring healing to us in every way that we need. As many people are here, God, we know that there are needs. There are physical needs. There are relationship needs, financial needs. We need healing, God. We're imperfect. We're broken people. We're broken in different areas, but we're all broken, God. We need your healing, and we claim your healing through the stripes that were taken on your back. We receive that healing in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If you'd pull that uh, oil back very carefully without squeezing the cup and I'll read from Matthew continue to read from Matthew it says then he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sin let's partake of it together thank you Lord Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for the work that was done for us on the cross. That God never gave up on me. And that God never gave up on mankind. Never gave up on us humans. He wanted a relationship with us. Lord, we are so thankful for that. 
that Jesus Christ was sent to be our Savior, to make us children of God. Our Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. I want us to close this service, and probably we're going to close many of the services in the next several weeks with this song. And we'll, I think Tim's already got the chord there, and we'll just sing it a cappella. And uh, we're going to sing the Lord's Prayer together, okay? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you all. First of all, uh, we are doing a prayer thing together, and there's an app you can get on your phone called Inner Room. So you can, I think it's available. I know it's available on the Apple Store and probably on Google as well. And if you can download that, it'll help you set up reminders and give you even promptings for prayer three times a day you set it for whatever time works for you but the whole idea is for us to get into a rhythm of prayer we're going to be talking about this in the weeks to come and uh, just encouraging you to do that so some people possibly have done that here I don't know I'm doing it and uh, going using this app as a way to get into this rhythm of prayer and so I encourage all of you if you haven't done that yet give it a try um, there's other tools that I mentioned, uh, Pray As You Go, Version. Those are all apps that are great. They're on your phone. They provide everything that you need in the way of scriptures or, uh, you know, prayer prompts. Uh, so whatever works for you, if you've already got a system like Our Daily Bread or something like that, just stick with it. You don't have to change. But let's pray. Let's pray three times a day, even if it's just for 10 minutes each time. Let's steal away and 
may develop a prayer life. It won't be easy. I don't get it every day. I see that prompt come up sometimes, and I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I forgot all about that, and I'm in the middle of something else. That's uh, all right. I move on. Later that day, I catch the next one, okay? So don't, you know, there's now, therefore, no condemnation if you don't get it uh, 100% right. But we're developing this rhythm in our life to be people of prayer. So if you believe in the power of prayer, you're going to want to pray more. And you're going to be a more powerful person because of that. You're going to be tapped in to God's grace. I love you. Thank you for being with us. And thank you, everybody, for being here. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.